Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Petrie. I'm so happy to be here with you and kind of just like get into your brain because you have always been on the forefront of understanding that people and especially artists and creatives are capable of managing their talent and understanding their own gifts to the world. It's like I feel like you see, you just did a post recently where you're like, I'm so tired of art of record labels taking artists and then saying, you don't know when you're, you don't know how to pick a next single. You don't know how to decide your artwork. You don't know what your art actually is trying to express. You're not capable of understanding what you're trying to contribute. And I feel like we all can get so lost in the fog of, of like trying to like make something to be a consumer match that it's like the artisticness gets lost. And I feel like you are just such a fighter and an advocate for maintaining artistic integrity and letting the artists hold on to that. Is that how, how, what would you say about all that? Yeah, I, I definitely, you know, there are times where I think an artist, some of those categories may not be their strength and they should, you know, listen to team members and receive their advice. But more and more what I'm seeing, especially if how we're training the next generation of artists, you kind of can't get to the point of a record label even even wanting to sign you if you don't have most of those skill sets. Because record labels are expecting artists now to come in and either have a viral TikTok song or have 500,000 monthly listeners on Spotify. And in order to get to that point, you probably do have to have a certain level of not just making art like that's, you know, and making music, that's a given, but you're going to have to 
probably know how to use social media pretty well. You're going to have to either know how to design your artwork or hire somebody to design your artwork. We're, we're, it's interesting because record labels are sort of demanding this skill set from artists now. And then when they sign them, they don't want to listen to them. Oh, and- oh, oh, okay. Okay. Break <laughs> that down a little bit. So the, so you're saying like, you're not going to probably even be considered to be signed if you don't have something going viral if somewhere, somehow you haven't made a big splash, right? Like, do people just get signed, discovered now, like in the old days, how the person singing at a bar with zero followers, or followers didn't even exist, singing at a bar with nothing going on. They just have that raw talent that's just oozing out of them. And they're so connected to their song and their messaging <clears throat> that some record executive walks in and is like, I'm going to make you a star. Does that happen anymore? The old dream? Okay. Occasionally, but okay. I remember one A&R person told me that probably less than 20% of people are signed that way now. I don't know if there's an official statistic, but less and less of that is happening now in more and more of looking at TikTok charts, looking at Spotify playlists, looking at Spotify monthly listeners. I would say that's more of what's getting people signed now. Uh, there's a, a girl that I started managing like you know, probably about a half a year ago. And she has, she's coming up on 700,000 monthly listeners and she's independent. She doesn't have a major label deal, um, but she has a distribution deal. And she said a lot of record labels started reaching out to her when she came in at about, you know, she was coming in about a hundred thousand monthly listeners on Spotify. So I've released a couple songs, building a little bit of a TikTok audience, probably had like hundred thousand Spotify monthlies, 100,000 TikTok numbers. And now that she's kind of gotten to five or 600,000 monthlies on Spotify, moving in on 700, everyone's starting to come in and be really interested in signing her to a deal. But they didn't want to sign her early on, even though I think they kind of knew she could get there and had the potential to get there, but they still waited for her to do the work herself to get to that point. So how does someone an artist get this following how does someone since that is how the game is being played now and i love your story because you started off as like the ultimate fangirl right that's how you got into this and i I want you to touch on that and tell us how you got into this whole industry because i think you're you are such a true lover of the of the arts that like you your fangirlness was so pure and like you genuinely loved the music and the artists so much that like you, and then you were so creative that you were able to help collaborate with artists. Like it's just such a cool story. And I definitely want to hear about how you got into this, but it's like, now here we are in this world where it's like before you could get discovered and nobody had any personal platforms. So you relied solely on a record label to make you a star and radio to make you a star and TV and all of that. But it's like, now we have all these personal platforms that are, so they're almost like maybe even more important than like, do you feel like they're more important than radio yet? Do you feel like TikTok is like more important than radio? Like it, it it's also neck and neck now. Like it all has to, it all, it's, uh, there's so many players now. So how do you get started in this industry knowing that you have to become like an online star before a label is going to even find you? Like, how do you even build that online presence? Yeah, there. I mean, there's a lot of ways you can do it. The thing I will say about it is that can sound daunting, but I think you have, 
I think it's a an equalizer in a sense. You don't okay. have to depend on chance of the right person, especially if you don't have connections. You don't have to pe- depend on chance of the right person listening to your song or demo that you sent in or somebody coming to your show. You don't have to depend on that one-on-one like in-person chance meeting for somebody to to find you, which That's is a really good point. nice. That you is know, a good so, point. So, you know, the internet maybe can be not even initially more work, but it's different types of work than maybe an artist traditionally had to do. It gives more people an opportunity, more talented people, because before you had to get yourself to L.A., New York, Nashville, a major city, and then put yourself in those situations to let the chance happen, per se. Now it's like anyone, anywhere, at any plot spot in the world can build this on their own. Yes, exactly. And I think it could probably cost less money to get there now, too, because if you didn't live in one of these cities, you would have to, you know, fly in and do, you know, a lot of times people, especially like older pop stars or pop stars that are older now, but, you know, pop stars that came up in like the late 90s, early 2000s, a lot of them, a lot of their roots are actually from like childhood acting or endeavors and doing these auditions and that sort of thing. So there's a lot of money spent in terms of these kids flying to these cities that they don't live in to audition. But that's how a lot of them, that's kind of how a lot of them got their grassroots starts because they met people in that process of auditioning, being scouted, that sort of thing. So I think a good part of this is that you don't have to be flying to New York or LA to do this and you can build an audience, you know, online or in, or in your hometown. And I, I think a, a really important perspective on all of this is to always remember that I think a lot of people are like, I just want to be an artist and view music as the only part of their art. But I would say all of it is a part of your art now. What you post on TikTok is a part of your art. The The graphics you're making to promote your music or your single cover, that's all part of being an artist and you should view all those things that people consume that where they hear you or see you is, is an extension of you as an artist and, and your, and your art. And if you want to be viewed as an artist, it's really important to consistently be an artist. I think a lot of TikTok artists make the mistake of chasing trends and then trying to convert back to artistry. Whereas the artists that I'm seeing sign and winning are the ones who maybe they don't have 20 million followers, but they build 500,000 or a million. But you look at their page and you know immediately they're an artist. They're doing covers. They're making music videos. They're doing runs. They're posting clips of songs that they're writing. They're sharing their art. And it's clear that they are an artist. I think it's just important to to be yourself and to keep doing it. And a lot of times on especially on TikTok in particular it can be discouraging because you'll post something and it won't you'll have one video that goes viral and that can almost be a blessing and a curse because the blessing is more people saw you, your art, maybe you got more followers, but the downside is you're kind of disappointed every time every video after well, and it's also confusing because you don't really know what you did to get that because you chased the trend, like you're saying. Man, you said something that like really stood out to me. You said it's the artists who are really winning on TikTok and these platforms. It is clear that they're an artist. I want to break that down because I have really been <clears throat> focusing on clarity right now. 
Yeah. And it is so easy to get confused in the world as a human being in general. Like there's so much that we like, oh, that person is having success doing this. Maybe I'll try to be that. Or like, oh, that looks like that works. Or for me, it's like, I've always been a people pleaser. So it's like, let me figure out how, what you need from me so I can match you to please you. And it's like, no, when you are an authentic person who has a message, when you are clear, when you know your message, that is when people come come to you because they want that clear, unjumbled up message. Have you noticed, because you've worked with some of the biggest artists from Backstreet Boys. So like what Britney Spears, I see Robin Thicke uh, poster for him in your background. It's like, you've worked with some of the most influential artists of our generation. Is their message clear? Is that what sets them apart? Like what sets apart a superstar from someone who is not over that threshold? Is it the clarity of their message that the integrity of what they're putting out there is so honest and true? Yeah, I think it's it's clarity, you know, and and honesty and lack of fear. But I always think honesty comes from lack of fear. But I, I remember the first time I saw the Backstreet Boys music video and it was like on the screen at Walmart. I don't even know if I could actually hear the music or not, but you look at them and you know, immediately like uh, this is what this is. Like, And they is- all agree. It's an agreement. There's not like a conflict. Like all of them are like matching that they agree that we are this. Yeah. And you're like, okay, they're a, a boy band vocal group targeted towards teenagers. Okay. I get this. You know, you get what, you know, when you watch baby one more time, you get what Britney Spears is about. You get, you get the message. It's, it's, it's like the audio message is clear. The video message is clear. And you, you know, and I think we always talk about now with TikTok, like you have, you know, such little time to grab somebody's attention, but it's kind of always been that way. Like on the radio, people, you know, can change a song in five seconds People can flip a channel in five seconds. People drive past a billboard in two seconds. We've always had such little time to grab somebody's attention. And TikTok, you know, may feel more, you may feel the pressure that more because you see like a timestamp at the bottom. But I don't think our attention spans have changed that much. I think they've kind of always been that way. Um, I think people are just giving Gen Z some slack about it because TikTok sort of is based on short attention spans, but I think it's just capitalizing on something that's always existed in human behavior, if I'm being yeah. honest. But it, yeah, but you have you have little time to clarify, you know, to get your message across. And it's important that it's easy for somebody to receive that message that doesn't know anything about you. So today it feels like there's more ways that you can get confused with it all because you can chase all the trends and you can have like a natural raw talent. But if you actually don't know what you're trying to say or who you're trying to be, if you're just tracing a trend, then yeah, you may, your talent and the trend may collide and you may get a moment, but you can't sustain it because yeah. it's it's actually not like you don't actually have a clarity of a message and of like, like you said, the video the audio, the messaging, it's not all matching. You just happen to hit something that all work together on this one thing. But then it's like, I can't repeat. I can't repeat. And then the people get confused because they don't know what to do. So then they try to trace another trend. When really, if you just can like sink into like, here's my messaging. Sure, I might cha- I might use some trends that are authentic to me and like do you, uh, use some of those tactics as well. But like, it's all going to have a streamline. 
Yeah. And it, trends are not a bad thing. Again, like what, like you said, if they're authentic to you, but they have to be authentic to you. Otherwise yes. you're chasing fame and not chasing a career or a dream. And you what's don't want to be chasing fame. What's the difference between chasing fame and chasing the dream? I think chasing fame is you, I think it's the purpose of why you're sharing content and why you want fans and why you want people to know who you are. If you're chasing fame, you're chasing fame because it's more of a self-serving reason. You want engagement, you want followers, you want people to know who you are. When you're chasing a dream, whether it's, you know, sharing business advice or being an artist or, you know, wanting to, you know, make characters come to life on on screen and, and film because you're passionate about that. Whatever, whatever that that dream that you have is, you usually have that dream because you are inspired by the certain information or art at some point and it helped you and you want to give back and do the same thing and help other people. Mm. So when you have a career and a purpose that's meaningful it's usually because you want to give back or contribute to society in some way and, and not just, just be loved and not just be loved and <clears> people <throat> can feel when you just want to be loved that's not that's not attractive it's not sexy it's not worthy of somebody wanting to be your fan and when you have these sort of viral moments you know on a tiktok or instagram reels or whatever you know platform you want to talk about you, you, if somebody's not connecting to your brand it's it's kind of useless it's almost like you're playing a role in an ad that's entertaining somebody but people aren't connecting with you if you're an actor in your own life yes and so because like people see content i don't remember i see there's i remember videos and concepts all the time but i don't necessarily remember the account that posted them or the or the person in the video. Like if I like a TikTok video, I'm not looking up most of the time to see if it's just a standard piece of entertaining content. I'm not looking up who's in it. I'm not looking up who it's from unless I want to connect with that person and see more of them because I feel like they have a message to to share with, with me. What are you looking for when you see someone out there? Because, okay, for everyone listening, you are the CEO and founder, co-founder of CrowdSurf. I mean, freaking A. It's like 15 years you've been doing this. You are so dialed into like knowing authentic talent and then knowing how to like help that talent connect to the next level. Like you really have a gift and you really can see, you can weed through it really well. How, who is out there doing it really well right now? Navigating all these new platforms, working together with them all, staying true to their artistry. Who's really doing a good job? Uh, one of the wonderful ladies that we recently signed for management, her name is Leanna Firestone. I think she's doing it really well. And it's interesting because at first glance, her platforms look like she's not using them that much. <laughs> but um, it's uh, it's almost she's kind of like, the anti best practices in a sense of like what every record label is telling their artists to do and that sort of thing. But it doesn't matter what she's doing is, is working. She posts several times a month, um, but each piece of content is about her music and uh, it's clear she's an artist and it's working and translating when she, when she was promoting a song that was coming out a couple weeks ago, she was used TikTok and every time, she would post about the new song. She would get a couple thousand pre-saves on the song, which for, if you're not familiar with like that term and in the music business, when you're marketing 
a song before it comes out, everyone's looking at the pre-save numbers. How many people are pre-saving this? How many people are pre-adding it on Apple? That's a number that's really important. And I would say most DSPs, which is like a DSP is like a Spotify or an Apple or an Amazon or somebody who distributes music to consumers to listen to it. Most DSPs are not going to care about a song unless it has over 10,000 pre-saves. And Leanna pulled as an independent artist, she pulled a close to 20,000 pre-saves, which was really impressive. Um, and I, and, and I know a lot of, she has 600,000, almost 700,000 followers on TikTok now. And I know a lot of artists who have millions of followers who cannot pull pre-save numbers. They cannot sell merch at a show like she does. They don't have 200 people at the small club singing every word to every song. She's she's building a fan base and doing it right. And maybe she doesn't have 5 million followers like some other artists, but I'm telling you. But she her followers sell- are real. They're engaged. They're real. And she's. I'm telling you, if, when it comes down to if she's going to come to your city and play a show, she can sell tickets where a lot of those other artists can't. So what so like going back to the difference, like the difference between her and someone who has a million followers, what say it again, what's that difference? Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. One, I, I think with her, it's clear when you look at her page what she's about, who she is. She's like, I'm about music. I'm about lyrics. I like sharing my music with people. And I am really happy when other people enjoy my music and have had similar experiences that I haven't we feel like we can relate to each other. That's something that's really important to her is to be writing music that her fan base can relate to and make them feel better and not alone or happy in certain situations, but they're all doing it 
together in a not lonely way. Those are things she's that- not she's not above and they're below. She's not the she's not the holier than thou and like come to me and let me give you this nectar. It's like, no, we're in this together. I'm just speaking the words, but we're a team. Yes. And she's like, I, you know, if I've, you know, we're the similar age, if I've been through this, I bet you all have been through this too. And she treats them like peers. Her she everyone's a peer to her. Totally. And something that she, you know, she talks about a lot is she says, I always really liked pop music growing up, but a lot of times I liked I liked it sonically, but a lot of the lyrics didn't speak to me. And she's you know, her, she's really good at lyrics. They're really interesting. They're really unique. That is her, that is her jam. That is her favorite thing to do. And people that are listening to her are listening because they find the lyrics unique, interesting, relatable that you have that moment with her lyrics that are kind of like, oh, wow, I felt that the exact same way, but why didn't I think of saying, describing it or saying it the same way she did? Like she, she said the words in my head that I didn't know. Yeah, that I had. She put but everyone's she, thoughts into words. But her, I think her goal is not to be a TikTok star. Her goal is to be an artist, and she's just using these platforms to get there. And I think so. That, that's a difference because I feel like a lot of this new generation, or people in general, trying to understand TikTok, are like, "I need to be a star. I need to be a TikTok star, or else I'm not going to get attention." But you're saying she wants to be an artist. She has something to say, and she is going to use these platforms to elevate that, not try to just be a star. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's important for people who are using these platforms to gain notoriety, fame, whatever you want to call it. I think they need to have an off-platform career goal or else all the digital stuff's going to crash at some point. What do you mean by off-platform? Like, you know, they need to have, you know, they, you know, they, they need to use, like, I think social media can't be the goal. I think it has to be a part of reaching a goal so like you know whether your goal is again sharing business advice working in fashion being an artist being in film be you know educating people about health or fitness or cooking whatever it is I don't think the goal can just be I want to be TikTok famous I think the goal needs to be you know I want to share healthy recipes. I'm going to use this as a platform to do that. But if TikTok didn't exist or Instagram didn't exist, my goal would still be the same of Mm. wanting to share healthy recipes with people. I think your goal has to exist outside of a platform. Such a good Uh, point. You know, because, because the platforms change, you know, my, you know, my space was the hot thing at one point. It doesn't really exist now. TikTok is probably going to change there will be a point where there are no more people in the world left to sign up for TikTok. So it will stop growing and there will be other things that come into the the picture. So your goal has to be dependent of the media platforms, or, you know, or independent of the media platforms that you use to, to reach that goal. Otherwise, oh. you're going to live and die with the platform that you're using to market yourself. Or Such a good them. point, Cassie. So tell me this too, and then we can move on from this because I don't want to just only spin your wheels about TikTok, although you are such a great person to talk to about this because it has been such a giant question mark for me, like navigating this. And I know a lot of people and you have that's such great insight. 
So a lot of people are like, you got to post all the time. And you're here saying, look, you're talking about your artist, Leanna Fire, say her name Firestone. Yeah, Leanna, Leanna Fire, Firestone. Leanna Firestone, who is not posting all the time, but when she is posting, it is clear and she is in resonance with her artistry and she's connecting. So it's like a lot of people are like, you got to post your stories all day long. You got to share every detail of your life. You have to let people into all aspects of who you are. If you do not let someone see every tiny bit of your personality and existence you got to film yourself basically even going to the bathroom it's like you know you feel like there's all this pressure to like constantly document 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 but are you saying no you don't have to do that because what is that that is like a frenzy that I feel like a lot of people feel like they have to get in on yes so I think something that's important to think about is where that advice is coming from and I think a lot of those pieces of advice in terms of how often you have to post and that sort of thing. I think those best practices a lot of times originate within a teams within the social media platform, but the social media platform like TikTok has very different goals than you do. Their goal is usage, amount of time spent on platform, having content for people to watch for hours upon time, because that makes their company more valuable. But those best practices and what works best for TikTok don't necessarily work best for most individuals, especially now. And and um, I would say at the beginning of TikTok, when it was less saturated, maybe posting more frequently had a really big advantage because there was a big sign-up curve happening at that point, but that slowed down a bit. So we're at a point where people are probably looking for accounts to unfollow on TikTok versus follow. Whereas when you're in the sign-up phase, a lot of times people sign up and they'll you know, follow a hundred people at once. There's very few t- other times where you're going to get on a platform on one day and follow the amount of people that you do when you sign up for it. That's very, very rare moment. So I, yeah, I I don't think that you have to be posting all the time. In fact, a lot of times when people post frequently, it makes people unfollow them because you're actively looking for things to declutter your feed. And you're like, okay, this person isn't providing value to my life. They're posting the same thing every day. I don't know them in real life. I'm going to unfollow them because I, I see them too much in, in my feed. Cluttering my brain. It's cluttering my brain. I unfollow people all the time. I'm like, oh, thank you for posting. It reminded me to unfollow you. <laughs> like, Absolutely. I think that all the time. Um, Do you feel like we are in a season now where it's like we are oversaturated and we all know it? Because I feel like there was a moment when all this is getting going. I'm speaking for myself and my own personal journey and what I have experienced and observed. It's like there was a season where I was like down to be oversaturated. Kind of like you said, like follow everybody, like try to oversaturate even myself, try to like give all this content that I'm not even connecting to, but just give it, give it, give it to make sure I'm there. And now it's like, whoa, my brain hurts. I'm exhausted. I have too many people in my feed that I don't know. Like I have too much coming at me. I'm overstimulated. Do you think we're feeling that as a collective? Yeah, for sure. And I know I'm personally feeling it as well. And I'm with you. I'm like, now I want to make sure you are adding value to my life in some way. I don't just want you in my feed. Totally. And, and I, you know, I think about some of the artists that I follow, for example, and, you know, they all, you know, they're trying because, because some people had success with this, a bunch of new artists are trying to do the thing on TikTok where they're like, tell the story about the song, or they like try to call the person and tell them, 
it's about them, but it's just so staged and not real. And I think people know that now. And it's just, it turns me off from liking an artist now versus before. And there are times early on where I think those moments were genuine and people were sharing a real story, but now they're trying to like be manufactured. Like you, you see artists manufacture like fighting with their label, you know, like it's, it's so bizarre to watch. And I'm like, I know I'm like, this is so bizarre because like, I know the inner, like it'll be a project I don't work on, but I'll know the inner workings of it. And I'm like, you love that team. You're not fighting with them. Somebody on their marketing team told you to like post on TikTok that the label won't release your song, but I know that it's already on the schedule for four weeks from now. And, you know, I know that. And I'm sure, you know, I think a lot of Gen Z is smarter than I am about that stuff. I'm sure they know it too. Like it's, it's a, it's not hard to see through the, these kind of stories. Um, But people see somebody be successful with one thing and they start trying to, do this marketing and manufacture and it just, it doesn't work because it's not real. It's not, that's, that didn't happen to you. So why are you trying to pretend like it did? It didn't it, happen and we all know it. Tell me about Gen Z. Cause they're really shaking stuff up, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not an, I, I feel pretty far away from it, but you know, I'm observing in terms of content creation and what they like and, and don't like. And uh, it's, it's what do they like? Interesting. Um, I don't know. I feel like I'm still trying to figure that out. I I feel like I know a lot more what they don't like, which is they don't like somebody being fake and they're going to sniff it out and they want the real. They want real. They do. They do want. They do want real. Um, And that's cool. Like, like real is great. Like, I feel like you don't have to work as hard for real. You just got to tell your story and be honest. You don't have to have like the angle or the story. Like, you just have to tell your actual story that exists and that'll probably work out well for you. That is cool that that's what they want is the realness. They don't want you to try to pull one over on them. They don't want to be duped. They don't want you to like think they're stupid. They're like, I'm not, I'm not an idiot. Like I see through you. (laughs) Absolutely. That's, That's awesome. And I think they like to see the story be told in particular with music. They like to see an artist evolve and get better. Like I see a lot of people rooting for artists when they post, put out new songs and they're like, you're getting so much better. I see so much improvement. Like they like to, they want to root you on. They're there, but they like to see progress. They don't want you to, they don't want to see people come in like fully baked all the time. Like they want to, they want to kind of watch it. They want to be part of the process. Yeah. They like to watch the process because the past has been, here is this shiny artist on a platter already fully baked. And now I'm feeding you this. And like now the artist has to maintain this, this level of perfection. Everyone's going to sign on that this is level of perfection where now it's like, people are like, let's grow together. Like I see your raw talent. I see you putting it out there. I want to watch you evolve and get better with it. I'm on the journey with you. Like, that's cool. That's really cool. You don't have to put on a front that you've already got it all figured out. You don't. And I think that's why a lot of artists have been successful on shows like X Factor, because, you know, you look at One Direction or like Fifth Harmony, they didn't start off with it all together. They weren't even together when they came into the show. But you saw these people in real time become better performers and better vocalists and work together and, and learn how to work together and become better friends with each other. And I think people love being a part of those two groups journeys because of that. 
And it's cool to see that they, it's cool to, oh man, this is like so clicking in my brain. It's cool to see that like, because people used to hate on stuff like that. Oh, you can't go on a talent show. If you go on American Idol or X Factor or whatever, you're not a real artist. And that is over. Those days of saying that is done. Because like now what people are trying to say is like, you can go on that, but do you have the artistry to back it up? Like, you know, it's like, do you have it to back it up? And then a group is even more exciting because it's like, sure, you're all individually talented, but now can you actually find the sweet spot together? Can you actually not self-destruct? Can you actually work with each other's talents and like bring out the best in each other and take your own individual artistry and now become a super group together and let me watch you do that? Like, it's exciting to see because- most of the times people are going to implode because it's hard to be a group, you know, but like if you can actually become a super group when you started off like that on a show, like messy and then make it a beautiful masterpiece, that's exciting. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a lot of, you know, artists who sometimes it's artists who didn't even go that far on these shows that are doing successful, but because that's kind of, if you're an artist and one of these auditions is coming through your hometown, I think you're kind of like, you know, why not give it a shot? And we've seen a lot of legitimately respected artists come off these shows now. So I, I think that the perception of that has changed. But yeah, there was there used to be a lot of negative connotation about being from it used to shows. be so negative, like real artists, like I'm a real artist, I'm not going to sink low and go on a reality show to showcase my talent. How did did that? When did that all change? Did TikTok change all that? Or Instagram? Or is it just been think, a slow, slow evolution? I think it's just time. Yeah. I think time and evidence like you time know, and evidence you know, Carrie Underwood being literally a country queen and legend and selling arenas, Kelly Clarkson having a, you know, hit after hit after hit, and then being just a general successful personality. Now, Harry Styles doing 15 nights in Madison Square Garden. Like, I just think that you can't deny those facts and where these people came from. And that's, you know a big a big part of it because when they start you're like when people start in the first like three years of their career it can kind of be written off as like oh that's just marketing or oh it's just off the back of the you know success of this show and it's you know it, it feels manufactured and fake you can you know argue all that but like when somebody sticks around for like over 10 years you're kind of like okay i i can't argue that anymore there's they're an artist they're not they're not just the person who won a reality show at that point And I think it goes back to your original point, which I think is the point. Are you going for fame or are you an artist? Are you using the platform to elevate your artistry or are you trying to get famous with the platform and chase the trends? I think that is like the biggest distinction. And if you know who you are as an artist and yes, you're a work in progress and you're evolving, but you're showing up clear, you're showing up authentic. You're showing up with a clear message to help inspire to elevate others, not just, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Let me chase a trend to get love. It's like such a difference. That energy is such a difference. Absolutely. Huge difference. And people can feel that, especially when everything now is videos versus pictures, you can feel people's intentions more. Yes. Man, the energy layer, it's all energy. It's like understanding the energy field is so cool. Absolutely. Let's talk about you real fast, though, because, I mean, you've been the OG, like, clear energy from the start. You got started because you were genuinely a fan, like a full-on diehard fan. Talk to me about your starts, your, your beginning. 
so I, yes, my background is a fan. I went to uh, my first concert was a Backstreet Boys concert and my life changed because of that. And I've not been the same. Why did person. it change? What changed about your life? I just, I think it was, I, you know, I, I was not a big music consumer up until that point. And my family wasn't, my family's not musical. They don't really have favorite artists. That's not their background or agenda. So when I was at a concert and there's just something special about everyone like being excited about the same thing and everyone singing a song together, I just thought the community aspect of it was so cool. Because if you think about it, a concert in an arena is, you know, kind of the real life, more intense version of everybody enjoying something on social media. It's like you are consuming the same thing. You are relating to each other because you're consuming the same thing and you're probably experiencing some type of emotion from it, whether it's like happiness or sadness, but somebody relating to your sadness or somebody making you not feel alone. Um, but you that, all connect on the same frequency. You're all like, hell yes, sign me up. And so yeah, everyone it, in the same room is like a hell yes. Yes. So uh, that I really enjoyed that experience and it kind of changed me in a lot of ways. And and I would say the timing of that was around the same time of AOL coming into everyone's life and AOL you know, before AOL, the internet didn't exist in a broad level in everyone's homes the way that everyone has Wi-Fi now. Um, AOL wasn't even Wi-Fi; you had to be plugged in. But that was the way everyone got online for the first time. And I thought it was cool that those two things sort of happened to me at the the same time because I really enjoyed using AOL to like connect with other Backstreet Boys fans, and I ran an online zine, and I was you know found ways to be a part of the fan community. And I also developed my web skills because for my, because of my desire to be a part of the fan community. So I learned HTML and I built little like websites, you know, as a fan of different people. And that was, that was really, really fun. And I remember probably when I was about 15, a family member came to me and said, you know, you can like work in the music business. And I was like, I've never thought about that. I always see the person on stage. I don't think about the people behind what's on stage so from that moment on I became obsessed with the idea of working in the music business and I knew that's what I wanted to do and there was no other job for me and do you know how you wanted to work in the music business I didn't know what role I wanted to have I would have taken any role I didn't I didn't know what I wanted to do within it within the business I just knew that I had to do something. And the number one thing I read over and over again, and keep in mind, this was more in books than the internet because the internet wasn't populated the way it was. Like Google search didn't really exist the way it was. It wasn't easy to find information the way that it is now. So I read a lot of books and the number one thing a lot of the books said about the music business was that it's really hard to get a job in the music business. And people go to schools like Belmont and Nashville and only 3% of the people that go through the program end up working in the music business. Like all these statistics that like really freaked me out. So I, I think I overcompensated for that by figuring out how I could get every piece of experience I possibly could so that I could build a resume so that I can network. Because I lived in Louisville, Kentucky. There isn't like a bustling music industry scene there by any means. But something that every city has is local bands 
if you want to work in the music business and you're not in Nashville, London, New York, LA, or a city like that, I bet there's a local band that is happy to have your help. So I found local bands, local managers, local record labels, and worked with them. And by worked, I mean, I volunteered and gave them ideas on how I could help them and they let me, but that helped me gain experience, like learn how to work with executives and people and built my resume so that when I was moving to Nashville, I was able to secure a job as a Warner Music College rep before I was even in college. They offered me that role. Because you had experience. Because I had experience. I remember, I remember the woman said, you know, normally we don't hire people until they're juniors or seniors in college, but your resume and passion outweighs most people at that level even. And I think it, that was the first moment where I had, I was like, oh, I'm going, I I thought I was, I was, a, I didn't, I thought I was at the same level or behind everyone else. I didn't realize I was ahead on something. So I think that was the first time I kind of had that moment. Um, but at that point, I still didn't know what I wanted to do, but that was, so that was a marketing role, but it was more physical marketing. So being in record stores, setting up displays, passing out flyers after shows, like that sort of marketing. And then around the same time that I, I would say a couple months into that job, I went to college. And again, it always comes back to local bands for me, but I was seeing, I was went to school at Middleton Tennessee State in Murfreesboro, which is about 45 minutes outside of Nashville. And I was seeing local bands use MySpace to market their shows. And I went to my boss and I said, why aren't why don't big bands use MySpace? Why is it just local bands? Why don't big bands use it? And she's like, I don't really know what MySpace is, but pick an artist that's on our roster and go for it. And I'll connect you with their manager. So I picked one. I killed it. Like I made them number one on MySpace. And the timing was great because it was like probably a year before MySpace like really had the hype that it did. So by the time it had the hype, my artist that I was working on was already ahead of the game. So when people started to care about MySpace, they would go and look at the chart and be like, oh, this artist is number one on this platform. Like, I've never heard of them. This is really interesting. And so other entities within the Warner Music Group started hearing about the work I was doing on this one Warner artist. And I got connected with the digital department in Warner Nashville, who was at that time it was called New Media. And there was one person and uh, she hired me as a temp and I temped there for for three years throughout the uh, duration of college, I ran MySpace pages for a lot of really big country artists, which is funny because I did not know anything about country music. And now I know, now I know a lot and actually really enjoy the genre. But it, before then, I knew, I knew nothing. I think I was kind of being rebellious. I like the Backstreet Boys. I don't want to listen to country radio. You know, that, that was sort of like my mentality as a 15 year old. But by the time I was 20, I knew, I knew everything and everyone in country music. Um, but I, it was cool. I had artists in country music like digitally performing at the same level as like really big pop artists so that was that was fun and i think a really big accomplishment but that's how i kind of got are you still searching for your perfect place to call home well now is the time to buy at fisher homes if you're looking to move in before the end of 2024 may could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. 
This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb. Tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. What were you Not doing it. to make them number one? Like, how did what what did you do? So. I think it was just spending time on the platform. So I think a lot of, you know, record labels saw MySpace being popular and they're like, okay, we're gonna just, you know, we're gonna make sure we have a profile for them. But I always, I always took it a step further. And to this day, I always take it a step further. So I always like to do what other people aren't doing within these platforms. So, you know, yes, we were, I, I remember I was, I don't remember anybody else doing this before me, but I remember on if you're, you know, people who were around in that era on MySpace, you could figure out how to make a header and like push the whole page down to have a header. I don't remember anybody doing that before I did. Um, I don't remember, I don't remember people going on and actually making artists respond to messages. I, I, I remember we ran contest to compete, to be in people's like top eight friends. We would do giveaways based upon. So you're creative. Yeah. I, I love using these tools to like be creative and do something special. I like doing something special for people. You and are finding a way for artists to connect with the listeners, breaking that fourth wall with that artist. Like here's the, here's this platform that like the artist and the fan are like right here on the same page, literally your MySpace page. And you're letting them actually be humans, not just yeah. like a brand and a art and a and a fan. Yeah, because I think a lot of labels wanted to use it like a website. Like we have our page, we put our song on it. But I'm like, no, like the thing that makes this platform special is that there's tools to directly communicate with other people. Cassie, you were the you were one of the first to do like the integrated interactive artist fan relationship like you were one of the first to break down that wall like you're yes. saying you want people to feel special so you're like there i'm not going to separate this artist from the fans here are ways we can connect and let me get creative uh oh that's cool you were you truly were one of the forefronts of like listen we're all people let's connect these fans love this artist let's let them actually have a relationship and have a chance to have an intimate relationship yeah, and I always thought, I think whenever I was helping artists do this, and a lot of times these were artists where I wasn't their demographic, I was not passionate about them, but I always thought about how special those moments would have been to me if 
the Backstreet Boys messaged me back on MySpace, or they were able to share more content from their day. There, I, you know, if they would have come through Louisville, Kentucky, what I, I would have been able to see what they're actually doing in my hometown. I think about how I would have appreciated those moments and kind of feed off of giving that back to other people, even though I may not personally directly connect with the art of the artist sometimes i just always thought and about- that's why you being a true fangirl of like loving someone made you have this valuable insight because you know what you loved and would have loved that's so cool yeah and, and you know i see a lot of fan you know i i've hired a lot of fangirls and i think that the key like i think a lot of fangirls want to be in the music business because they're of their experience and i think the key question you have to ask yourself is what are you still excited about it if you don't love the artist and most of the time they're not so i think if you're not able to pull yourself back and think about you know how the other person feels on the en- other end of it even if you're not personally excited about that artist i don't think this business is for you Because you have to be able to apply your tools of being a true fangirl of like loving the artist and saying like, okay, I, like you said, I don't necessarily like connect to this artist and love them, but I know what fans want to see from this artist. So I can apply that to them. Even if it's not my cup of tea, I know that this is someone's cup of tea. So let me help them get out of them what the fans are wanting. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and just be, happy that somebody else is happy so you kind of have a formula you it's like a fangirl formula yeah i mean i i I, in general not even just with artists but in general i enjoy the process of being a consumer so i think about that in a lot of ways like i love you know obviously like there's something really special about music and connecting with an artist and and their music and their fan base but I get excited when like the right clothes are marketed to me. (laughs) I don't, I don't know. Like I like, I like finding products that resonate with my life. Like I get excited about it when they find me. I'm like, Oh, that ad was like served perfectly to me. And now I want to buy that. Like I, I, I so you're know, happy like, when your phone's listening to you because you're like, you understand me. You're actually getting what I want. Sometimes, sometimes I'm like, uh, or sometimes I'm like, oh, you didn't quite nail that. Or I'm talking about that product because I already have it. But it's, uh, but, but no, sometimes I'm like, oh, yes, I've been looking for this kind of like relaxed power suit. Thank you for giving it to me. You know, like it's, uh, it's, it's fun. I, um, no, I, I, I like marketing. I like, products I, I like being a consumer i like purchasing things i love receiving things in the mail i it, it's it's a fun process for me for sure and you love a match that's why you're so good at this because you love to consume when it's a, a perfect match like that's like a that's like a hit for you when you get it you're like oh nailed it it yes. goes throughout your whole body it's a hell yes throughout your whole body so it's like you know how that feels because you love being the consumer so you know you really know what pe- what consumers are looking for because you yeah. are a true consumer who like when you get it right, you love it. That's awesome, Kathy. Oh, yeah. I love when somebody, I'm, I'm not mad when somebody makes me buy something. I'm happy about it. Because um, you want you want it when it's a full match for you. Yeah. You're like, oh, I want that or that, that serves a purpose in my life for sure. 
So you don't want to buy just like anything. You want to buy the thing that's that fully resonates with you. Like you are, are you able to distinct, like, are you pretty good about buying? Like it's a full yes for you. Or do you kind of like, ah, I kind of like it. I'll buy it. Or is it like, it has to be like totally in line. I mean, there's stuff where I will see it and like buy it and like as fast as I possibly can. There's some stuff where I think about it more. And I think, I think sometimes I let it resonate. And if I think about it multiple times, then I'll finally make the purchase. Like there was this, uh, my first like high end handbag. I thought about it for two years. And every time I would walk by that store, I would still want, I would look at all of them and I would still want the same one. And finally I was like, I'm going to buy it because I still want it two years later. So how did it you know, make that, you feel when you bought it? What was the feeling? I mean, I felt guilty because it was really expensive. <laughs> um, but no, but I, I use it all the time and I really like it. And I, I I'm proud of it. I'm proud of it that. It makes you feel good. Like you, yeah. it actually gives you a feeling by having it. Yeah. No, like I feel good when I, you know, walk into a business meeting with, with that purse. I, you know, I feel like I know it's sad, but people will, certain people will judge you or take you more or less seriously based upon stuff like that. And I just I think, think it's, it's really sad. I don't think it's sad. I think it's an energy match. You're saying, listen, my, this is that you're kind of like stating something. You're saying I'm worth this. Like you're kind of like, and it's not like, because I'm ritzy and I'm famous, you need to bow down to me. It's like, no, I am energetically worth this purse. Like we are a match. Yeah. So, like this, in this particular brand, like most purses from that brand, I, I don't like it. Cause it's like one of those brands where like the logos all over it. And that, that's just, that's cool for some people. And some people like it. It's not you're like a little more subtle. Yeah. For me, this one was like more subtle and elegant and clean. And I just, I I just really fell in love with it. But again, I thought about it like for a long time, not because I was like, Oh, I want it. But like, I was like, I think I want this. If I, you know, come back and keep wanting it, you know, I'll, I'll get it. And that's when I, you know, eventually did it. So that, you know, there's some purchases like that where I'm like, Oh, I thought about those pants three times, or I thought about this, certain type of vacuum cleaner multiple times about how I would use it. So I'm going to finally, you know, get it. But I think those are the more like maybe more expensive purchases or the, you know, I'm not sure how I'm going to use this in real life type of purchases. But if you, if you keep thinking about it, you're going to go back, you know, you, you and go back to it over and over again. I think that's sometimes a sign that maybe you should figure out how to have that thing in your life. I love that. That's such a great way to shop. <laughs> that's such a great way yeah. to consume. I love that way. Okay. So I'm going to do a quick little how-to with you really quickly, Cassie, if that's cool. Um, you are amazing, Cassie Petrie. You have now 15 years, you have been the CEO of CrowdSurf, CrowdSurf and um, co-founder of that, which is a huge, like, how would you describe CrowdSurf? CrowdSurf is a, a company that helps artists. We are traditionally known for doing digital marketing for artists. Over the past several years, we've also built out the artist management sector of the company, but we have a pretty wide variety of services to help artists in a lot of different ways. And it is truly not a one size fits all by any means. And what I love that you talked about was you said this, and this is such a great point. And I feel like you are so in line with this. And this is so why it's so great. You've been a fangirl. You genuinely know what you want to consume, which is authentic connection, which is like benefiting from this artist, which is whatever you are consuming. And let's just talk about artists and uh, their performances and what they're offering the world. You genuinely want to feel 
feel what they are putting out that is like serving the consumer and like leveling that consumer up and you're all in this together and it's like you have you know how that feels and you 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 just you know how to connect with that and you can sort out what's real and what's fake are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home this episode is brought to you by navy federal credit union at navy federal it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years and not just help them but do everything to make sure they not only grow but flourish that's why navy federal credit union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky high rates so don't hesitate start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options navy federal credit union our members are the mission Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Okay, I always wrap up with leave your light. What do you want people to know? It's super open-ended. People to know just in general? Mm-hmm. Um, let me think. There's a lot of things I want people to know. Tell them all. <laughs> no, that'll the top one, The top ones that come to mind. The most important ones that you want people to know. Um, I, I'm a really big believer in the four agreements. It, I know a lot of people are super familiar with it. If you're not familiar with it, you can even just Google it and look up a graphic that sort of goes through the the baseline, you know, baseline points of that and the, the basically top. Do you know I'm off the top of your head? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, I might take it. It might not go in order, but the, the first one is. Be impeccable uh, with your word. Yeah, be, impe- be impeccable with your word, which means to use use to use your word for like positivity and truth versus like negativity, spreading gossip and that sort of thing. But and when self-indulgence. Things, yeah, when things come out of your mouth, like that you need to be like saying what you mean and they need to have purpose because words really, really, really do matter. Um so be impeccable with your word and it might get out of order. But one of the ones that I think is really important to me is don't take things personally mm. and that everyone lives in their their own reality. And every decision somebody makes in their life really has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with them. And I feel like I'm constantly humbly reminded about that nonstop when I and then I feel like a lot of times I'm reminded about don't take things personally by the next agreement, which is don't make assumptions. Mm. And I remember there was a situation in New York recently where I was supposed to meet up with somebody and they ghosted me for the day. And I made every assumption in the world about why that person ghosted me that day for a meeting and then come to find out the next day that person had had something really bad happen in her family, in her life. And I made all these assumptions about that this meeting got canceled because I did this or the ego is your like ego me. your ego is flaring up. Yeah, for sure. And then and then I was humbly reminded that her ghosting me had really everything to do with her and something she was personally dealing with and really had nothing to do with me. So 
such in a, a strange, point. in a strange way, I really appreciate, like I was frustrated with that day, but then appreciated the reminder at the end of it. So that was, you know, that was important to me. And then the last one is always do your best. And I think a lot of times we misunderstand what doing our best is. Um, doing your best is not the same every day. And I, I really like the example in the book. I'm going to probably butcher it, but the general premise is somebody goes to a, a temple and ask a monk, you know, how long they should meditate for that day. And I think he says two hours. And then they say, well, what if I do eight? And he's like, it's, it's not going to be the better result than two hours. Like it's, it's still the same result. So I think doing your best is one performing the best you can at, you know, that moment, depending on your health and other circumstances in your life, but two, to not overextend yourself when you could have gotten the same result with less effort and just to try to do better and prove that you're worth it. When you got, when you did your best, you did your best. That's it. It's final. You've done it. Yeah. And an extra hour isn't good. A lot of times an extra hour, an extra day or extra week or an extra year is not going to make you perform that specific task. That's just, once you know you've like gotten it and you've done your best, like going anything over that is just to prove that you're extra worthy. That's really now a validation thing that we need for ourselves. Exactly. That you you spent more hours on it than other people, that you- Work harder, you're more worthy, you're more- Or you feel guilty and feeling guilty is not a good, you know, emotion. You're spending more hours on something because you feel guilty that it only took you a certain amount of time, but it doesn't- But really, that's- that's all just the ego trying to prove, am I worthy? worthy? Am I not? Am I, have I, yes. Am I going to be validated? Am I not? When really, if you're operating from truth, which is the four agreements, ultimate point, then it's like, you don't even have to like consider the ego in this because you're just doing it for the sake of doing it to the, to the, to holding whatever you're doing to the standard that it's meant to be held. And once it's held to that standard and you've accomplished it, you don't have to like mess with it anymore. Exactly. Yes. I love that. You're wise. You're so wise. You have such a good, clear energy too. Like you have a clean energy. I just, I, I, I like to be simple is when I, where I can. You like to be simple doing very big movement energy things. Like you're working with some of the biggest artists in the world and shaping their career, but you have such a clean energy about it. Like that's what I think is why you're so successful is you don't get confused with what it really means to be putting out the, what, what the artist is putting out there is for the consumer and you have such a clarity on authenticity and resonance and being in line and not getting confused with fame and chasing things. It's like you can use all that, but it always comes back to clarity of product and authenticity of the artist. And like, you have such, like, that's such your North star. That's so awesome. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Hey, it was awesome talking to you, Cassie. You are so cool. And it is such an honor to get to get in your head and understand how you have navigated this world. And I feel like you are just such a shining example of be real, like be in line with the truth and the honest message. And you're so good at like checking your ego and you're so good at being authentic. And I think that that is what wins over and over again. And I think this new generation, even just the conversation that we've had today, everyone's onto it. The new generation is onto it more than ever too. It's like people don't want to be lied to. We want the truth. What, who are you? Why are you 
taking my time on Instagram and TikTok? Why am I going to put you in my brain? Because you are giving me something that is going to serve me, that is going to help me, that is going in some way we are going to connect and like help me feel not alone. Whatever I'm looking to feel, you're giving me something that is going to benefit me. And it's like the consumer at this day and age doesn't want to be lied to and doesn't want to feel separate then. We all want to be in this together. Yeah, absolutely. No, the I think there's a lot of positive things about that though, in terms of what type of content people are gonna, you know, have to make in order to be successful. I think it's only gonna make us only make us better content and more honest with their content. So I'm excited about that. I love it. You just gave me a whole new excitement about the digital age because I have been a little bit overwhelmed by it because I've been hearing so much about do the trends, you got to go viral, all this stuff. But now you have just put it in a perspective that's like, okay, these people did the first one who made the trend, who went viral, it was coming from an authentic place. That's why it went viral. And then every and then everyone's trying to copy it but they're not being authentic and they're not coming from that place. If someone does go viral with it, it's because they've tapped into the honesty within themselves and they're using the trend honestly. But if you're just chasing the trend, the person who got, got the viral moment was being real and that's why it worked. And so if you're just trying to copy now, you're not being authentic. Oh my God, this is so awesome. Like my mind just got exploded. Awesome. That's a, I love that. But yeah, I think the way you're summarizing a lot of these topics we talked about is so great and so helpful. Cassie, you're awesome. Thank you so much. Okay, where can everyone find you and like get all your stuff just to keep in touch with you because you got great knowledge that you're dropping. You're dropping helpful content all the time. Uh, I, I try. I don't post as much as I used to, but, but if I feel like I have a thought that is helpful i'll i'll share it well see because um, you're not just dropping it to try to stay up to be famous you're dropping it because you're only wanting to share stuff that really is useful so it's yeah. like your artist uh fire uh which uh what did you say firestone she's doing yeah, the same Leanna thing. firestone yeah you're totally. not gonna you're not gonna put just garbage out there you're gonna put really stuff that can helps help the consumer okay so cassie petrie it's c-a-s-s-i-e p-e-t-r-e-y Yep. And that's where I'm at across all handles. Um, and then my company CrowdSurf is C-R-O-W-D-S-U-R-F.net. But I will say that those platforms, we use them more as a tool for to like communicate with each other internally and then celebrate each other's staff versus like outwardly market our, our clients because I don't know, we just felt like that wasn't really a good purpose for those platforms. So that's you know, they, they both might not be interesting to you as much. But you're so purposeful. That's awesome. It's so awesome. Yeah. This is Thank such you. an awesome conversation. Thank you for joining me. I loved every bit of it. And I hope you have a beautiful day and a happy holiday season. Thank you. And same to you. Okay. Bye, Cassie. Bye. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. 
That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.